such a great visual to see you from here. You guys look so happy and, and, and so cool and, and refreshed in this, in this place. And uh, we'd like to thank you for making this church the place where you can come in contact with the things of God and allowing us to, to be part of your experience with Jesus this morning. We've been in this series that we title Life on the Balance. And uh, today I want to start by asking you a question. Have you ever been ready to go to work? You already are uh, uh, dressed and prepared. And when you have breakfast, a piece of toast with jelly falls on your shirt. Or you've been getting ready to, to, to leave and as you go and you get in your car, you realize that the tank is almost empty. You know, those are disasters. Disasters. But, but there's some disasters that are even more damaging in extent. See, there was one time in a town called Chernobyl in Ukraine, that uh, there was a, this nuclear plant, and what happened was that every so often they checked the plant, and, and, and they had this these procedures to follow and, and recreating scenarios of different circumstances. And in one of those tests, they were testing for a power outage. So they had to turn off all the different systems in the plant and there were certain protocols that needed to be followed, uh, procedures that needed to be checked off from the list. And they discovered that due to bad planning in the building of the, of the, of the plant and bad following of the procedures, they caused a reaction. A reaction so bad that today we call it the Chernobyl nuclear disaster. And that happened in, October, in April 26, 1986. And you know what happens is that even today, even today, nobody can live there. Because it was such a tremendous disaster. But see, disaster like this, and like the shirt getting dirty, or your car without gas, are disasters that could easily be prevented. If the Preparations prior to the events could have been done in a better way. You see, there's a disaster that is even more terrible and attacks us all at a personal level. And that is the disaster of our health. Better said, our bad health. Yes, today I'm going there. You see... The Garden of Eden was a perfect place. Adam and Eve had perfect health. But when sin came into the picture, health began to decay and destruction appear. Through the Old Testament, we see a God that is giving us advice, that is giving us procedures that we ought to follow so that our health continues to be in good shape. But it's been us... And sin in us that is preventing us from experiencing the level of health that God wants us to experience. See, Jesus, when he came to this earth, when, when, when he began his ministry, he spent a lot of time. In fact, some have calculated that most of his time was spent healing people who were sick. And that tells us something, family, that God is interested in our good health. In fact, John summarizes it this way in 
the third letter of John chapter 2. Beloved, I pray, and this is the moment you can take your notes out, by the way. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you, emphasis there, that you may be in good I know it's a little difficult to say, but that you may be in good health. Not just that you be in health, but that you be in good health as it goes well with your soul. So family, it is very clear here that God wants us to be in good health. God wants us to be healthy. You see, back in, in, in the summer of 91, uh, I had my first job. And I worked the whole summer because I had one thing, I have one goal, I had one purpose. And that was that I was going to work the whole summer so I could buy my first car. At the end of that summer, my dad went with me and we bought my car. It wasn't a new car, it was a used car. It was a 1982 Datsun 210. And it was yellow, bright yellow. Hey, that's what, we could afford, what I could afford. But see, what happened with that car is that it wasn't a new car. At the time, it was 10 years old. So it wasn't so bad. I remember it was a stick shift, four gears. It was coupe, tinted windows in the back. I think the stereo that I put in that car was more expensive than the car entirely. But, but that car was, for me, was my precious jewel. I spent time cleaning it. And polishing it. I think I used more armor on that car than on the cars that I had after that. But my car was always clean. Always, the rims were always shiny. I took care of that car. I learned how to change oil because of that car. You see, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 6.20. For you were bought with a price. So glorify God with your body. See, that car cost me everything I had. And God decided that you were so worthy that he gave his only son, the only son he had for you. Because when we spend everything that we have on something, we love it. We appreciate it. We care for it. We, we want to maintain it the best shape possible. So see, God wants us to be in the best shape possible possible. So for that reason, we need to learn to develop a healthy attitude towards our body. In Proverbs 23, 7 says, for he is like one who is inwardly calculating, eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. Let me tell you the context of this verse. This verse is in the context of somebody who's stingy and this stingy person invites you to have dinner at their house. And when you're there sitting at the table, he tells you, okay, you know, here's the food, here's all drinks. But inside, he doesn't want you to eat any of his food. He doesn't want you to drink any of his carbonated water because he's a stingy person. And you see, what happens here is that God is telling us, I have all this for you. And, and we are given this body to take care of. But we are so stingy that even though we know we have to take care of it. We don't want to spend the time or the effort because we have developed unhealthy attitudes towards our body. Let me, let me share this with you. The first unhealthy attitude that we developed is that some of us dislike it. 
See, some of us is like our bodies. We wake up in the morning, we look in the mirror and we say, oh no, thank you. The problem with this attitude is that we're saying to God, God, you made a mistake. So people with this kind of attitude, with this unhealthy attitude, we're telling God that he did something wrong and we don't like it. We reject it. I dislike this body that you've given me. The second unhealthy attitude is that we want to perfect it. And this is totally the opposite. We fall in love with our bodies so much that we're only striving to have perfect abs. I remember those days. And we tried the exercise and this routine and CrossFit and all kinds of fit. Because we became obsessed with our body and now our bodies turn into a form of worship. The third unhealthy attitude is that we neglect it. And that's most of us. We just ignore our health. We say, ah, I can never be like him, like her. I'm okay with this body. Ah, whatever. So we love that text that says, eat and drink. And in time, the body begins to decay. So because we have these unhealthy attitudes, what can we do to change the attitudes? I'm going to ask Janelle to come and share with us this morning some reasons to help us and motivate change as we see our bodies. Yes, I brought back the, the, one of the weapons that we talked about last week. Good morning, church family. I would like to ask... Has anybody increased their awareness of how much sugar they ate this week? Awareness is the key. How many decreased the amount of sugar that they ate this week? Now, I don't want you to nudge your neighbor. I don't want you to look to the left or the right. Because that is an unhealthy attitude. Because <laughs> shame and guilt do nothing to change someone's behavior. We saw that in the Bible when Adam and Eve sinned and God came looking for them. He didn't say, oh my goodness, you ate the fruit of the tree. He wanted to know where they were. He did it in love and love is what promotes change. Condemnation and guilt, they don't. Internal motivation, which is given by the Holy Spirit, does. External, getting those abs. Someone else is always gonna have a better pair of abs. At some point in your life, you're not going to have the body to have those abs. So, have you ever heard this term? I feel it in my gut. This is one of the exciting parts where I can say that science is meeting up, catching up to our health message. Ellen White, a long, long, long time ago, said, in Testimonies of the Church, the brain is closely connected to the stomach. There's many more, more quotes that I can tell you, but science and one, article, one, one um, research team at Caltech 
has shown that 90% of serotonin, which most people think is just here, is made in your gut. 90% is made in your gut. So what we eat matters to what happens in our head. And in my practice, um, I always said, you know, it's really not what you eat that matters, it's what you assimilate. So it's what your body is able to break down, what your body is able to use. Because if not, I can give you a really expensive, plant-based, all-organic, non-GMO, all these supplements, but you know in the end, if your gut isn't working, you're gonna have really expensive poo. Because it's gonna just all come out. And one of the things that really helps serotonin to be made is bacteria, the microbiome of your gut. So, changing what you eat is important, but changing how you assimilate what you eat, how you digest is most important. How many people are having people over for lunch today? Nobody? Have you ever, have you ever had people over to your house for lunch? I have. And if someone's just coming over for lunch, I can do just kind of like a minor clean. But if I have someone coming over to stay and live in my house, that's a little deeper. I need to make sure that they're not going to be able to find that secret closet, or everything, you know, the bed sheets are all clean, the, the towels, everything. It's a different type of cleaning. And then there's another type of cleaning, which I call the preventative or the reactive cleaning. And that's when your plumbing doesn't work. That's when your gutters aren't working well. That's when your roof is kind of leaking like this church had quite a few years ago. Those are reactive types of cleaning. And your garbage disposal, when that's out, yuck. So there's different types of cleaning that we do in our house depending upon who's coming over. The earth cleans itself. The leaves start to change. We have fires, unfortunately, but that's, God's, that's the earth's way of cleaning itself. The sanctuary, back in the Old Testament, even had a way of cleaning itself. That was the Day of Atonement. So I'm gonna share with you five ways. Oh, sorry, that's the gut-brain connection. My bad. Some temple cleaners. Because remember, <clears throat> our body is the house of who? God. The Holy Spirit resides in us. So we need to keep it clean so everything functions properly. The first pathway is urination. I know it's going to get kind of gross, but <laughs> it should be a pale yellow to clear. If it's not, hopefully you're just taking a lot of B vitamins and then it'll make it really orange, but you should be drinking enough water to that's what's the color. Um, the amount of water that you drink should be half of your body weight. Okay, everybody's calculating. Okay, what's a half of my body weight? And then it should be that much ounces in water. Unless you are very, very, very overweight, I would not suggest it. So if you're 100 pounds, you should be having about 50 ounces of water a day. And the type of water does matter. No plastic. Plastic leaches a chemical called bisphenol A, 
which mimics estrogen in the body. And I can, if you want more information, I could tell you what estrogen does in a male's body, um, what estrogen does in a, a female's body when it's too much and not what God had planned. Okay. The next one's even grosser. Bowel movements, a.k.a. poo. Um, the National Institute of Health says that Americans, there's 42 million of us that suffer from constipation. I'll even make it even worse. Did you know that the medical field, the Mayo Clinic, says that if you go this many times, you're not constipated in a week? Three. If you've ever been with a baby, they go every time they eat. You're supposed to go at least once a day. And the size and color and shape, that's a whole different story we won't talk about here. Um, so what you ate this morning for breakfast, you should be able to see it tomorrow for breakfast. <laughs> it should take about 24 hours for a meal to leave. But the average American digestive system takes about 40. So you're having toxins build up in your body that shouldn't be there. Um, a really quick way to know what, how long your digestive system is, I always tell my clients, eat corn or beets. You will definitely know when you see it. And then calculate back how many hours, and you'll know how well you're digesting your digestive system is moving. What causes issues of constipation, stress, lack of water? Think of a slip and slide without water. It's not fun. Okay? If you're not drinking enough water, I heard this from a psychiatrist who does um, all health. Um, you need water to make sure that the elimination goes well. Another Another way you can do it is in the morning, first thing, go in, get some warm water with a little bit of lemon, drink it. That causes the liver to, to dump, and then um, you shouldn't have a bowel movement soon after. <laughs> Sorry, okay. We're off the potty talk. All right. Now to perspiration. Your skin is your largest organ. It absorbs everything you put on it. Um, from the deodorants you put underneath your arms to the lotions you put on your body. Too much sweating is not good. I personally, in this weather, I hate sweating, but it cools you down. Um, and you have to replace your electrolytes when you um, exercise. And when I say exercise, that means you're sweating. And please don't drink Gatorade. Gatorade has about nine teaspoons of sugar in it. Do you remember our little um, illustration last week? That's how much a man should have in a day. <sighs> so, again, in the antiperspirants, God made us this way to sweat. A lot of our lymph nodes, those things that help get rid of toxins, are underneath our armpits. And when you put the antiperspirant on it, you're not allowing yourself to expel. And then... There's breathing. People always say, I know how to breathe, because I'm here. No, 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 sometimes we don't breathe well. We breathe shallow and deep, and not deep. We breathe not, we don't inhale enough to exhale enough. 
So the best way to do it is to breathe in for seven, you hold it for four, and out for seven. And when you blow it out, blow it out like you're gonna blow out a birthday cake, because you wanna get all the toxins out. And do this about three times, don't do it anymore, because you may pass out. Um, but do it, it's really good to do. I did it down here before I got up, because it kind of tricks your brain into not being anxious. It also is a good way to go to sleep. It's also really good for people I've worked with in taking tests or examinations or when, just when things are just not going well, because it tricks the brain, because your brain is thinking, oh my gosh, I'm being chased by a lion. It's, I'm just anxious and anxious, but if you start to stop and breathe, the brain goes, okay, if she's being chased by a lion, she is not gonna breathe this way. So it, it calms the amygdala in the brain and makes you centered. That's why praying, that's why singing is so good for us, because it gets us to breathe really, really well and promotes really good sleep. Remember we talked about that weapon last week? Forgiveness. Remember, sleep is a good way to detox. Forgiveness. I don't know who the author is, but it says, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping that your enemy is either going to die or suffer from it. But it doesn't work that way. Unforgiveness, when I was in my practice, was a huge part of what fueled mental illnesses, caused depression, it causes blood pressure to rise, it causes your mood to decrease, it causes your productivity to go down. There's a reason why Jesus says, forgive those who harm you. That's not a direct quote. But forgiveness is so, so powerful. And it also de decreases your risk of cardiovascular disease, um, mental illness, I mean, just so, so, so much. And just like when our house is clean and everything is working properly, we make better choices. When our temple is clean, when we are temple cleaners and warriors, we're better able to make decisions and choices every day with our frontal lobe so that we can be better temple warriors and temple cleaners. Thank you. Thank you, Janelle. Now you know why I asked her to do this part. <laughs> but, but some of you might say, well, why should I be healthy? If God wants me healthy, he will make me healthy. But no, it does not work like that. See, God wants us to follow his plan. God wants us to follow his directions and his, and his example. He wants you to learn how to take care of what is precious to him. And you see, I told you before that there's two things that are going to be, that are on earth that will be in heaven. Only two things. One is his word because his word is eternal. And second is people. You and I. So God wants us to learn to love what he loves. So be, besides the, the, the physical benefits of feeling better and looking better and, and living longer as we take care of our body, there's some spiritual reasons that we need to consider. And, and some of those spiritual reasons is that first, we need to understand that God 
made your body. In Psalm 139.13 says, For you for me, for my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. You see, there's nobody here who is here by accident. There might be unwanted children, but there's never been an implanted child. An implant child, I'm sorry. God planned every single one of us to exist. And if you live today, if anybody who's ever lived, God planned every single one of us. And he planned us with a purpose. To love us and to give us eternal life with him. Now, one of the interesting things about, it, about this is that when I don't respect my body, when I don't want to take care of my body because I forget that God made me, this is an attitude of disrespect. You see, a while ago I had a chance to, to, to be in the Louvre Museum in, in, in Paris. And what happens there, if you ever had the chance to be there, is that there's all kinds of forms, art forms. There's sculptures and there's paintings and there's all kinds of different artifacts all over the museum. And there's some places that in front of the art, this piece of art is so important that they have ropes around it. Like the Mona Lisa. And they have this rope so that people can't get close and, and touch it. But let me tell you a secret. Actually, the Mona Lisa that's there is not even the original. The original is in the back. But anyway, I just ruined your visit to Paris. Um, uh, when you get there, when you get there, they have this rope so nobody can touch it. Because if you touch it, you can damage it. Just disrespecting the art, disrespecting the author, disrespecting the museum. And what happens is that what God is saying, when, when you don't take care of this, of this magnificent piece of art that I created, that is you, that I planned you before you were born, that I made you with my hands and breathed into your nostrils so you can be not only alive on this planet but for eternity, if you don't take care of it, you're disrespecting me. Because you are my work of art. The second reason that we, that we have to take care of our bodies is, is that Jesus paid for our bodies. In 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, For you were bought with a price, so glorify God with your body. And I don't know if you noticed, but this is the second time we read this text this morning. Because it is that important. It is that important. This is an attitude of responsibility. This is an issue of stewardship. God gave us a body that he made and he bought. So it belongs twice to God and he's allowing us to enjoy it for his glory. See, talking about cars, when I learned to drive, I didn't have a car. I used my dad's car. And even after I bought my own car, if I was going somewhere farther that I thought my car would struggle taking me, I would ask for his car. Or when I wanted to impress a girl, I would ask for his car. But when I had my dad's car, I drove it even more carefully than mine. I made sure that everything was right. I wanted to make sure that, that when I gave it back to my dad, it had more gas than the gas that it had when he gave it to me. 
I wanted to make sure that there were no wrappers or, 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 or empty containers or anything in the car. Because you know what? I wanted that the next time that I was going to ask my dad for his car, that he was going to lend it to me. See, God is giving us this body to, to use, to enjoy. And there's going to be one time that he's going to come back and say, what did you do with the body that I let you use? And see, that question terrifies me because oftentimes I've been neglecting the things that God has given me to enjoy on this planet. And see, it, this is an issue of responsibility that we're taking care, that we get to enjoy of something that it belongs to God twice. And He's allowing me to enjoy it for my pleasure and His honor. So because it belongs to Him, I think that I have to be at least a little bit responsible to take care of it. Because at the end of the day, it isn't mine. Now... If you're planning to live for eternity, see, in eternity, in eternity, we're going to have a body that would not decay. We're going to have a body that is going to be perfect. There's no better training for eternity than taking care of a body today. Because if you don't take care of your body today, In reality, you're saying, I don't want to be in eternity. Let that sing that for, for, sing that for a second. Uh, the, the next reason is that not, not only Jesus paid for a body, but the Holy Spirit lives in your body. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? Now, God made it. Jesus bought it, but see, the Holy Spirit lives in it. And some of you are saying, no, there's no way. But see, the, the fact is that we have to do our best job to keep our body holy. You see, oftentimes we confuse because we, we have turned our bodies into places, into objects of worship. But in reality, our body is a place of worship. That's where the Holy Spirit wants to meet with us constantly. You see, Paul describes it in this way in Romans 12.1. I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Now, the Old Testament requires sacrifices. And in the Old Testament, the, the life that was going to be sacrificed needed to die. That's what happened to the lambs. That's what happened to the offerings that were taken to the temple. The animals had to die. Blood had to be shed. But see, now we understand that this sacrifice is a little bit different and even more impressive because this is, this is a living sacrifice. But because it's a sacrifice that, it, that, that is in a life, just by the definition of sacrifice, is something that is not going to be easy. It's something that is going to be difficult, something that, that, that is going to be presented with obstacles. There's going to be challenges and there's going to be situations and, and, and desires that will try to take you away from the purpose that God made you to be. And that is to worship Him with your life, especially with your body. 
You see, there, there was this, this daughter who came to visit her mom, and this adult daughter had issues in her life. There were, there were things that were happening. There, 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 there were problems that were attacking her. And she, as she was telling her mom her problems, her mom took three things. She took a potato, she took a carrot, and a couple of coffee beans. Probably vegetarian beans. And she put them in a pot and boiled all three. The daughter continued to talk about her issues, her problems, her challenges, the difficulties that she was facing. And, and the mom just let the three things in the water to boil. When the daughter thought that she was all vented and that she had told her mother all her problems, it was a moment when the water was boiling. And then the mother spoke. And then she said, honey, you see what happens is that life is like these three things. You see, the problems is the water that is boiling. And she took out the potato. It wasn't a potato, it was an egg. I'm sorry. I'm hungry. She took out the carrot. She took out the carrot. She took out the carrot. And she said, see, look what happened to the carrot while it was boiling. Before we put it in the water, it was hard. It was firm. But now after it boiled, it's soft. See, oftentimes when we go through the challenges and the problems and, and, and the difficulties that we see ahead of us, we give up and we turn soft. And then she took the egg out. Now it makes sense, doesn't it? She took the egg out. And she says, look what happened to the egg. And she began to peel the, 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 the shell off of it. And then she said, see, before we put the egg in the, in the boiling water, this egg was liquid. But as it was boiling, the shell protected the liquid elements inside of it. And now it's hard. See, oftentimes problems turn it hard, hard. And we're not receptive anymore. And then she showed her the water. You see, look. And what happened was that now the, the beans, the, the coffee beans that were in the water had changed the water. It was not transparent anymore. It was not clear anymore. It was brown. And she said, look. These beans didn't change their consistency, but they changed the water around them. You see, there's going to be moments that you're going to say, well, I've been trying to change my habits. I've been trying to change my, 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 my eating. I've been trying to change my exercise routine. I've been trying to change this and that and, th and this other thing, but it's hard. Forget it. And you gave up and you became soft and now you accepted this, your situation. Some of you have said, no, so many people are telling me that I should lose weight or that I should do this or this other thing. And you just became hard. And every, every, every advice, every comment that you receive, it just bounces off of you. But I want to tell you that oftentimes it is in those difficult moments. Or it is until the moment that the doctor tells us that there's something wrong that we begin to change. But I want to tell you this morning that we don't have to get to that point. 
that today we could start changing what's around us. We could start changing our life in all aspects. Because when we start taking care of our bodies, when we start taking care of our health, everything else starts falling into place. But I know it is very difficult. And you see, the only way that we can do this is, and this is the only thing I know, that the only help that we can get is from Jesus Christ. Because we tried many times on our own and we failed. I've been there, you've been there. But when we allow Jesus to take care of our habits, when we allow Jesus to take care of our appetite, when we allow Jesus to take care of our energy, when we allow Jesus to take care of our bodies in general, things begin to happen. But we have to allow Him to take control. And as we think of this, I'm going to ask Stephanie to come and she's going to sing about this one thing that I know.
What is the one thing you need to let go today? What is the one thing that needs to change in your life? What is the thing that Jesus needs to work with you so that your life can become the life that he intended it to be? If you're struggling with something today that is preventing you to experience the health that you know you want and you know God desires for you, I want to pray for you. And if today you want to say, God, I've I've been wrestling with this. I've been trying to do this and do that and fix this and change this other habit. But you haven't been able to. I want to pray for you this morning. So if you want to stand up, come to the front, raise your hand. Whatever you, you feel that you need to do this morning, let's trust that God has the power to change what needs to be changed. And has the power to give you the strength to let go the things that you need to let go. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we pray this morning. We pray this morning because we have the assurance that you hear our prayers. And Father, some of us have experienced disasters in our lives. Some of us have, have tried to, to do things for the wrong reasons. We took care of our bodies to impress someone else or to satisfy somebody else's wishes. Perhaps, Father, we, we took care of our bodies for the wrong reasons. And in fact, we, we try to cheat our health with, with chemicals and diets and fads. But at the end, the results disappeared. But today, Lord, we, we want to make a decision to change our lives, but with your power. We want to ask you, Lord, that, that, that our bodies become the place where the Holy Spirit dwells in complete worship. We want to ask you, Lord, to forgive us if we haven't been good stewards of the blessings that you've given us through our bodies. And today, we want to dedicate them to you, Lord. Even if some of us today we think, well, I'm, I'm sick and, and I'm already advanced in age and perhaps I won't be able to change. Lord, even now, you've promised that it's never too late to come to Jesus. And today we ask you also to work in us. But Father, if there's something that has been holding us back and is preventing us from experiencing the life that you promised to give us in abundance... We tried before, but we haven't mustered enough strength to let go. Lord, we pray that today you become the conduit of strength and power. Open our hands and clench them for what is holding us back. And Father, as they become open, may they only receive the power of your Holy Spirit. We pray, Lord, today. That today becomes a new start, a new opportunity to be one with you, to be one for you. And in this way, with our bodies, give you the honor and glory that you only deserve. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.